imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father, and my brother. What's up, Jason? How's it going, bro? Morning. What's up, man? Just trying not to sleep out of my eyes. I can't even do that. My eyes are like really. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, we're going to have an exciting episode for you guys today. Uh, we have the founder of Think Again Productions, Ali Sayadatan. How is it going, sir? Very good. Very glad to be here, Josh. Jason, thank you for having me. Yeah, please tell my audience a little bit about yourself, if you can, for those that don't know you. Um, yeah, I'm the founder of thinkingandproductions.com. We released a groundbreaking documentary in 2006 called UFOs, Angels, and Gods uh, that people can watch on the website. Um, basically, um, I had a UFO sighting in 1999 uh, in the deserts of Iran with my dad. And when I was looking into uh, the whole idea of the relation between UFOs and angels and, and what would be the biblical way of understanding such a thing, it led me uh, to a great series of revelations. And I put all of that in this documentary and it went viral. Uh, it was just before YouTube, it went on Google Video, but it became one of the most popular items on the whole site. And I've been talking about it since. I'm glad to join you guys uh, to tell everybody more about what's in, in the documentary and, and yeah. my, my so, research since. Okay, so you had a uh, you had a UFO encounter. Can you tell us about what happened? And um, I, I know kind of what happened because I've watched so many of your stuff because I just keep on watching your stuff over and over and I, and I love it, man. Can you explain what happened with that? Yeah, sure. Uh, it was uh, the whole story basically started with this feeling that I had in my heart and mind to go visit my dad and tell him about a prophecy that was in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Ezekiel. And it's a war uh, that's never happened before in Israel's recorded you know, ancient history uh, until the destruction of the Second Temple in 70 AD and the beginning of 
the Jewish diaspora. It's, this war has never happened in that period, um, leading to, to 2,000 years ago. So the idea is that it's in the future of Israel. And uh, it's a war that has a coalition of nations attack Israel, and one of them is Iran. It's called Persia, because Iran was called Persia until 1925. Um, and I was going to tell, I had this idea, just like a heartbeat that wouldn't stop in my mind, saying that I should go tell my dad about this and say, look, this could happen because of, uh, you know, the, the Islamic Republic and the animosity they have towards Israel. This coalition of nations could come together and it could be this war against Israel, but God is with Israel, they're going to lose. And in your case, in your conscience, in your heart and mind, you can't be with it. You can't agree with this war. I mean, it sounds like a strange idea that I would go all the way there to tell him this, but this is what I wanted to go tell him. So mm. I went in December and um, once I began to, you know, at first they, they had no interest in hearing any of this stuff, him and his wife. Uh, and I thought, well, that's kind of uh, anticlimactic. Uh, I guess I was wrong. I thought I was hearing the voice of God, and I wasn't. But the next day, these Chinese, these uh, Russian generals came to Iran to sign a deal. They were on the news, and I had said to him, Russia may be involved. So he suddenly called me over from the other room, and he's like, he's, they're both yelling, Ali, Ali, come over here. And I went there, and they said, didn't you say Russia may be involved in this war? I said, yes. They said, well, these generals are here. They're signing a military pact with Iran. Mm. And suddenly, I think the Holy Spirit used that to spark an interest. And suddenly they were interested uh, to listen. And my dad's like, this book tells the future? I'm like, well, yes, it's prophecy. He's like, well, that's good for business. Tell me, what, what does it say? <laughs> and so, yeah, so the conversation started. And we, we started to read the Bible from the book of Genesis forward and the Messianic prophecies and both the kind of the historical parts of the Bible story and the, the parts that had to do with, with, the, with salvation and connecting to the Father. And by the time we got into the Gospel of John, we were reading the Gospel of John as a whole, they both got baptized. All right. Amen. And many other people got baptized on that trip. Nine people actually in total got baptized on that trip. But many, many people came to listen to the Bible. As the trip unfolded, it ended up being something quite exceptional and out of this world awesome. so when the lord really you know sent me there with this idea this was the right key it seems to open the process so i uh, i responded i went and after they got baptized they said okay let's go to shiraz which is the city where he's from and she's from um and we we, we got in the car because it was an 11 hour drive and he wanted to, the streets are not safe the highways because no one respects driving rules <laughs> People speed like crazy. I drove, I drove in Kuwait, so I kind of know what's going on. You with understand, that. right? It's <laughs> yeah. like chaos. You, you just make up your own rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's like BMWs and like Bentleys parked on the side of the road because they have no insurance, so they just leave them. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so one, one day, you know, I was there and he was driving down the main street where he lives and then he turned left and it was a one way. And there was this river of cars coming towards us. And I was like, what are you doing? And then the cars just calmly separated around ours, our car and kept going while he just drove through them. I'm like, that was crazy. Why did you do that? He said, well, listen, this wasn't a one-way. This was this was a two-way until like a few months ago. City Hall decided to change it. None of us agree. So we continue to use it as a two-way. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like you got to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Or if you yeah. don't know, then you know, you're in trouble. 
So, so he's like, let's drive past midnight because it's, there's less traffic and we're, we're, we're safe. And once we're kind of past uh, the outskirts of the capital, we're just alone in the desert driving. It's like a Arizona type desert. It's like Rockies, you know, it's not sand dunes. Yeah. And we're driving, um, there's the odd car that, uh, that, that comes by and you see their traffic, their lights, but that's it. Um, there's towns where you can stop. It's just basically a collection of a restaurant, a motel, and uh, a store. Um, it's basically villages where you can have pit stops to have food on the way. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, it's pretty empty. We're just for long stretches of the highway. Now we are the only ones. Um, it's uh, we're going to stop at Isfahan, which is this city of three million people in between where we're going. It's an 11 hour drive, but we're gonna drive in the middle of the night, stop in the first city, sleep there, and then carry on the next morning. And this happened on the first leg of the journey. We're driving there, um, and I just have my back to the passenger uh, door. I've now fit in completely. I don't have a seat belt. I'm sitting with my back to the passenger door. It's a small SUV. She's driving. And he's sitting in the middle of the back seat, kind of. And now that we've started this massive conversation about God and the Bible and the nature of reality, I'm just on like autopilot talking to them, and like I'm like right now. <laughs> and suddenly she points out the window behind my head, and she starts to make these noises. This and uh, she just goes like that is um you can't speak she's she's like breathless yeah okay yeah and i'm thinking and i'm not thinking i'm just so caught up in what i'm saying i'm not paying attention then he looks at her and says what's wrong nima and then he looks at in the same direction and now they're both doing it they're both going and i'm like what's wrong with you guys now it catches my attention so i turn around and i sit properly in my seat to look outside and a few hundred feet in front of us and high, I see this giant spherical object. It's mm. huge. If it was sitting on the ground, it would be like several story building. Mm. And I could see structure and division. And I could see that it had green lights all around it. It was glowing green like a, like a pulse, like a, a green pulsating light. But I could see it was because it had all kinds of green lights all around it, like little ones. Anyways, and it's slowly coming down. It's slowly coming down. Eventually, it's perpendicular to my window as we're driving forward. And I thought that what I saw in the desert night was this round tube that just came out of the ground. And it was just the color of the desert night. If we were not so close to it, I wouldn't see the tube. Yeah. This thing went on top of it and it went into the ground. So it was actually on a descending angle. And he went into the earth and then, you know, she's like, this was a sign from God to tell, to tell us that everything that Ali is saying is true. Like he, she meant about the okay. Bible. And Quick Jesus. question. So you, you, uh, so you started talking about Ezekiel before that happened, or did you talk to him about Ezekiel after that happened? To, to them? Yeah. About Ezekiel. You were talking yeah. about. Oh no. I, oh, I see. I went to tell him about the prophecy of Ezekiel 38, 39. After you saw that? Oh, you're no, talking no, about Magog. I'm sorry. You're talking about Gog and Magog. You're not talking about the, uh, will with the, yes, will I'm, not talking will. About, exactly. I'm sorry. If this war happens yeah. in your lifetime, don't, a, don't endorse it in your heart and mind. Yes. That's what I went to tell him. 
And when I was telling them that, it just opened the door to them wanting to know about the Bible. And so we started to study the whole Bible and then they got baptized. And then we decided to take a road trip. And the only thing I had mentioned to them about angels, because you know, they're in the Bible, I briefly, just literally in one sentence, I said to them, you know, this whole reality of angels, it may be related, the evidence of it might be this whole UFO phenomenon that, you know, everyone knows about it, even they do. So I'm like, you know, just, just that, I just said that one sentence and then we just kept reading. I just wanted to make it real for them that this is all about real people and real places and real cities and real prophecies and real history. And so I was like, oh, this is that, and that's it. But we had this, and then she says this, and then she's like, did you see this, did you see this? And he's like, I did. And I just sat quietly in my chair, think, in my seat, thinking, wow, that was, that was quite an experience. Like, you know, it, it's basically shocking. Um, the, the possibility that there have, may be a connection between these things and the Bible had already been introduced to me in 19... Uh, 96, 1997. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had already started looking into all the connections that could be, but but really it was very different actually seeing yeah. one this close. Yeah, it's you know it kind of brings it out of the world of theory. Was and, it was it was it doing maneuvers that that uh, you've never seen any like regular you know military vehicle ever be able to do um was it doing stuff like that do you, do you did you feel in your heart that that was like them going into the earth because of like hollow yeah. earth and hell or yeah, did, did yeah. you feel like it was like a un deep underground military base where they're working with the government what, what do you yeah, think yeah i don't know what i don't know if they're working with the government but um i did what i saw was that it was slowly moving and uh -huh. it was slowly coming down and eventually it was on top of this tube that came out of the earth as the tube went into the ground, it just was in it and boom, wow. into the ground it went. And it reminded me of uh, the Prince of Persia in Daniel chapter 10, that there was a principality behind the Persian Empire that withstood an angel of God who had come to deliver a, a message of scriptural importance to Daniel. And I thought, well, I wonder how long these guys have been here, you know, like if, if if it's the same principality, which which I assume it's the same principality, because uh, these guys have you know long lives, at least the angels. The, the, so the, they think centuries ahead, I guess. Um, much time has passed for the Persian uh, Empire or history, but not for these principalities. So that was one connection that came to my mind. But beyond that, I was basically in a state of shock. And when I came to back here, Toronto, I, I started to look on the internet and I see that, wow, there's lots of other people that have these sightings. I could now take them seriously more than ever before. And so I typed in kind of what I saw because the website was called the UFO Reporting Center, I think. And you just typed in your, your own and then cataloged it by time and place and even shape. Um, and I was reading other people's and I thought, wow, this is really, this is crazy. So this is, this is very real. And so that's when my research really took, you know, a deeper dive and led to uh, all, all the great mysteries that were solved, I feel, by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit and since then confirmed by many other researchers. Did, did, your, did, your, stories, did your stories match up with others, like the other stories that were, uh, other people were telling, like they were kind of similar? And that's why yeah, you started. So, so, that, so yeah, so what we, had, we didn't talk about it. And, you know, we went to Esfahan and we checked in the hotel, we, yeah. you know, we had dinner, we had breakfast, we didn't talk about it. I did think one moment as we were eating, aren't we going to talk about it? But 
it's interesting it's outside of the realm of your everyday um, uh, conversations the things you don't know where to put it that's why a lot of people or UFO sightings they say what you know it was like a ping pong table or like um, Minto's or like a, a hot dog because we don't really have a concept or a word for this whole thing and so it's like you're digesting it it's so deep and so shocking you're not necessarily so when I came back here and I started to make the documentary I had called my dad to see how he was doing and we were talking and he said well what are you up to I said I'm making this documentary about UFOs and he said okay he didn't say anything so I said to him dad do you remember and then he just blurted out that green thing on the road to Isfahan <laughs> I said yes and so that was the closest we ever got and so I now know he also saw a green thing yeah Okay. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the reason we don't talk about it in the same way that it weighs on you, other than the shock, is because of the spiritual nature of it. Maybe there's something, you know, that holds you back. It's not an easy conversation to. It's a mystery, you know, that's seeping through into into the culture, and we're putting it through the filter of the Bible. Um, and I can do that if you if you want me to kind of. Yeah, I think that's the best. So, uh, so as far as the hollow earth thing, like Job one verses six to nine, uh, you know, the devil was talking about, uh, traveling in the earth to and fro, you know, so yeah. <clears throat> Jesus descended into the earth in Ephesians four, eight through 12. Um, uh, there's a lot of, uh, stuff you're going to find like the bottomless pit. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like the story of Lazarus, you know, there's, there's stuff that connects to totally. hell being in the earth, even though it's hard for people to believe, you know, that's like Abraham's bosom. And then you got shield and then you got the bottomless pit under that. It's hard for people to conceive that. But when you were telling me that story, when I was listening, not story, I'm sorry. When you were telling me the, that, that sighting, I, uh, even when I was listening to you on radio stations, I, I immediately thought about that. Uh, these kind of verses and, and you know, totally. and yeah. Chariots yeah. of fire. And you know, when, uh, Elijah was talking to Alicia and he was like, he sees the army and he's like, you know, having no faith. And he's like, Hey, have faith. Uh, let, you know, he prayed, Lord, let him be able to see. And then he sees chariots of fire angels surrounding these, these armies on mountains. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there is, as you said, verses that talk about the presence of these beings in the earth. Uh, there's angels that are kept locked up in the earth under the Euphrates. The book of revelation says, and they're going to be released, four of them. Um, and um, there's many people that have sightings of stuff coming out of the ground. Uh, one of the earliest UFO researchers, Jacques Vallée, he went to the Amazon, deep in the Amazon, because there was a village there that was having huge amounts of sightings. And they were saying that they, there was a, the, uh, two rivers um, connecting, it was a wide body of water. And these guys were saying that they were seeing these UFOs come out of the river. Uh, right out of the river in this so there's lots of stories and them coming out of the ground and yeah and the one i saw was going into the ground and, and it agrees with this verses in the bible that seem to point to hollow earth and and these guys having structure under there essentially they're hiding <laughs> and it's interesting that they're in the ground they're under the ground you know they're not in the in the sky they're not in the light they're not in in the area that we would consider associated with heaven you know when we reach out our arms uh to god you know they're in the other direction so that's telling as well uh but the fact that there is there's something secretive about it you know they're not um so yeah they, even change, the, they change it too they change the verse from like the king james to the newer versions where they just say that he was going to and fro you look at the king james version it talks about the devil saying i went in the earth 
on the earth to and fro. So they change it up because they want to try to filter the Bible through science. And if it doesn't match up, then they kind of, I think they, that's what I believe. They, they try yeah, to yeah, change it up. So they're the not there explaining it. Do bring their own thinking to, to the Bible. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, you, what you mentioned was fascinating about the um, chariots mentioned the Bible. So, so that's one thing you start to see is that in the Bible, angels are depicted very differently than the way we think of them in culture. When we think of angels in the culture, we think about the paintings of Renaissance masters, like, um, you know, humans with bird-like wings. Yeah. Um, but in the Bible, first of all, we see that there is this uh, vehicle mentioned, Rechev in Hebrew. It means literally to ride. It comes from the root to ride. Rechev Elohim, and Elohim is a word that can mean God or angels, and Rechev Elohim is the, is the vehicles of angels, the, the chariots of God is tr the translation in Psalm 68, verse 17, um, and it's worth kind of quickly looking at that, uh, okay, I have it right here, uh, Psalm 68, there we go, Psalm 68, verse 17, uh, the chariots of God are twice 10,000. Thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them. Sinai is, is, is now in the sanctuary, meaning that the Mount Sinai has become the sanctuary of God as God and his angels have descended over it. And it's interesting that it's associating this phenomenon with this Rechev Elohim, this chariots of God. And the reason it's translated as chariot instead of vehicle is because until recently there was no other chariot but uh, no other vehicle but a chariot. So the translators, like you were saying, you know, are like, oh, well, vehicle, something to ride. Well, there's no other vehicle but a chariot. What's the point? Let's just the chariot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It and, doesn't actually, does it, does, is the Hebrew actually not, is it more like vehicle to ride? Yes. It's not, okay, so it's not, like <clears throat> so we just, we start taking it literal sometimes. I take the Bible literal in some cases. So, you know, I would be start thinking about like Ben-Hur or something. <laughs> it was like chariots yeah, with yeah. fire, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, interesting. That's that's very interesting. Um, so that's the, so the, the the word for the chariots of the kings of um, you know the pharaohs of Egypt or the king of Assyria is also rechet, the same word, which again is to ride because those guys are riding you know their chariots, their thing. They're riding it, and the angels are riding theirs, right? So 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 it really means something that a person rides, right? Like in modern day Israel when they wanted the train came and they didn't have a word for train. So they went back to the Bible to see which word they could use for train. They came to this word and they took the word train. RKV is the root of this word and they took that. And so the modern word for train in, in Hebrew is rikvat, which means wagons. Like each one carries you. They made it plural. It's like vehicles stuck oh, together i see so i see anything you see it can be like a wagon it can be a chariot it can be the thing the angels ride it just means something that you ride um so the context determines the meaning when when the kings of earth come they have their own horse uh, you know driven pulled chariots but here we have that extra word that you you said fire chariots of fire and horse of fire like in the case of elijah and elisha so rechev esh and what emanates out of fire is light and often people do talk about orbs of light you know when they when they talk about UFO sightings so there is something different about those chariots mentioned in Elijah and Elisha and here we have the word God or I think here the translation should have been angels 
and the chariot of angels are twice 10,000. I think that, and the Lord is among them. Mm-hmm. I think that it's saying that God is there with his angels um, and their vehicles, you know, and it's interesting that it inserts, it could just say angels, but it says the chariots of God because it's, you know, telling us something that we need to know. Uh, the Bible is revealing something to us. And, and even David told Solomon to put these, Rechev, these, uh, well, he, he told to put them on top of the tapestry, the art of, of the temple. Um, another word that is used is Merkeva. That's the word that, that actually David told Solomon to put. What is that word? That word is associated with what God writes. And we see that, for instance, in Isaiah 66, verse 15, um, where Isaiah, that's a a chapter about the second coming. It's very, very apocalyptic, the whole Isaiah 66. But in there, Isaiah says, for behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariots like the whirlwind to render his anger in fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. So it says the Lord will come in fire and his chariots. And the word here is Merkeva. It is taken from the same root word, Rekev, but this is the thing that the Lord God rides. Um, it's, it, has a, it has a special, it still means carriage. It still means vehicle. It still means something that carries you. Like it could apply to cars. Like there's a whole series of tanks in Israel that are called Merkeva tanks because mm. It carries the people that are inside of it. Um, so it has the same actual meaning. You know, that's why it's translated as chariot once again by the translator, because they're like, okay, it's just another thing that carries you. Um, so, but this is a different word and it's used only for God. The word Rekev is used for the angels. The word Merkeva is used for God. So they have their own, and, and the word Rekev also can mean cavalry by extension. When you look it up in the Hebrew English. Cavalry, okay. So that's like a, okay. So that's like a cow. So let me, okay. So what I was wondering, I was kind of, I was kind of studying and I was thinking, you know what? Um, do you believe that Michael, the archangel and Gabriel has to use that too? Or, or yeah, are they, yeah. you do. Okay. This is part of the world of angels. This is how the Lord left the earth. This is how these guys come and go. As far as this particular one that, that God himself rides is the throne. His throne is a mobile throne. And Ezekiel had a vision of it. That's what he had a vision. The firmament. Of he was looking God. up when he was looking up at the firmament. He saw a man. Uh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Or are you talking about what the whirlwind or the whirlwind within the whirlwind? One of those. Right? Yeah. What it was. Yeah. What he saw all of those things. It was. He said it, it was bronze like. <clears throat> it, it was. You know, there was lightning coming out of it. Once the cloud dissipated, what he saw was basically a crystal sheet, and on it was you know a throne of a man sitting on a throne, and under it was um four angels and he describes them they're very incredible cherubim right yes the cherubim and they're and they do have wings but they're not bird-like wings and they don't flap it they lift it when they rise and when they put it down when they stand and they have metallic uh poles as feet um their, their faces are very elaborate and next to each one of these four angels upon whose shoulders you know stands this crystal uh, and then on the throne of God, next to each one of these angels were two wheels, one that is horizontal and one that's vertical. So the idea is that it can roll in any direction, you know, in all the 360 degrees, it can go anywhere. 
and the it says that God would you know um, speak to the angels and the angels to the wheels. So he would command the angels and the angels would command the wheels, and then it would move in any direction it wanted to. This is the Merkava of God. This is the um, what the Lord is returning, but He's also coming with the, with His angels, and that's what um, the whole idea of uh, of the armies of heaven. You know, the, one of the titles of God is the Lord of Hosts, um, and it's the translation of the Hebrew Adonai Tzfaot, which means literally the Lord of Heaven's armies. That's Tzfamim army, and Ot is plural. Tzfaot is armies. So there's an armies in heaven, which is interesting. Why are there armies in heaven? Have there always been armies in heaven? Did armies uh, come to be because of a rebellion of one of the angels? These are mysteries about cosmic history that we don't mm. know. Yeah. But there are armies in heaven. And, and when they're, they're coming to the earth, and now God, I think, is preparing us by removing the veil and showing us a mystery hidden to previous generations because we are going to be living this and we need to understand these things so we can put the dots correctly together and not be deceived because there's a lot of deception in this whole story of course um, this, whether it's the story of the star that the magi follow that appears and disappears and then reappears and stands still on top of a single location or this, these God and angels that lead the Hebrews out of Exodus, uh, out of the, uh, Egypt during this Exodus story. Um, and of course, these um, uh, places in the Bible that talk about these chariots of, of angels and chariot of God, or as I'm saying, vehicles. Um, this was interesting. So now it showed me that in, in the world uh, of angels, these things were always part of the world of angels, that this is... This, this could be the evidence uh, of, of the presence of God and his angels in our world. And of course, we know that the angels, uh, there's a portion of the angels that have rebelled against God. Uh, and they are the ones uh, that, that have uh, governance over the nations uh, in, in the age of empire. They're the ones that create hybrids. You know, they're called the sons of God. So it wasn't that, that the whole phenomenon is the angels of God. No, no. In fact, I'd say that a lot of what people see these days is actually the other side, the fallen angels. Uh, but I would say that the, the larger world of, of, of the cosmic story, uh, the angels of God also use these. And I'll tell you why. Because this was a great, great mystery that God unfold, you know, unlocked for us. And that was the mystery of the word Elohim. Um, it had it had to do with with this uh, discovery about the throne of Zeus, the altar of Zeus, and the throne of Satan in uh, Revelation chapter two, uh, where in, God says that the throne of Satan is in the city of Pergamum, and this led to a study of the relationship between the gods of the ancient world and the fallen angels. Could there be a connection? And that eventually well, wasn't me. Zeus. Because wasn't uh, the story like I think Zeus was born in in Pergamum? That there's a story about that. I think that he was that's where his birthplace was. Um, yeah, the 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 cult of Marduk uh, in Babylon, the main deity of Babylon. When Babylon fell to Persia, the cult of Zeus or the cult of Marduk took that and came to Pergamum yep. and restarted the worship of Marduk under the title Zeus. So uh, you see that uh, in, in Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15, when Lucifer fell, 
he uh, he talks about, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So when he says that, what what I kind of, whenever I heard you talking about Zeus uh, and, and the, you know, the throne of Satan being in Pergamos or any of these gods that you see, like in Greek, Roman, uh, if you see it in uh, Persia, uh, any of these gods, I believe Satan or his fallen angels, yeah, are behind that. So they can be like the most high because literally they're being worshiped, right? So exactly. I, I see like, I see your connection there. And I, and I thought that was pretty interesting. I, um, you know, that he's trying to be like the most high. Obviously he can't be above the most high, but he's trying to be like him. And, and how do you be like the most high? You have a whole country or a whole nation worshiping these gods and Satan might be behind Zeus. And then like maybe his fallen angels are behind Apollo, uh, Mithra, all these different gods, you know? So yeah, and, yeah, exactly. That's the root of idol worship. The five I wills of Satan's heart that he just read that he wants to be worshiped as the first principle of the created order. That is the root of idol worship. Um, so he wants that. And then his follow the angels that are with him, you know, share with in that ambition and they demand to be worshipped, and they pose as gods to our ancestors. And this was a huge, huge discovery, because naturally, I mean, I, like everybody else, thought these were just myths. There was nothing to look at here, right? So, so, so God had to do some some gymnastics to to get our minds to rethink this whole thing. And once um, I realized, wow, this is really real. This is what's going on. And I looked up the word Elohim. Uh, in the in the Bible, um, well, I looked up the word gods in the Bible, and it says Elohim. I looked up, I got close to a thousand verses uh, spat out at me, and um, I went through all of them, and I realized that these the gods of the nations are chastised by God. They're admonished. They're told to worship God. They're judged, um, and also God, God's own name is associated with them. He's called the God of gods. Yeah. Right. It's so Yahweh is the El Ha Elohim, Adon Ha Adonim, the God of gods and Lord of lords. And I thought, how could it be that God would be associated with mythological beings? That doesn't make sense. And so my worldview changed, and I realized, wow. So, so eventually, you know, when I was thinking, how, why did this? How did this come to be in the Bible? Like this is a huge structure. Uh, the relationship between the gods or the fallen angels and the nations, the way that God had a relationship with Israel. The way that God gave His laws to Israel, chose kings, and 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 moved through them, these beings were giving uh, religion and worldview and laws to other nations and choosing kings, and this was this is how civilization had even taken uh, shape on Earth. It was a, it was the as a result of the relationship of the world of man and the world of angels. In the case of Israel, the, the angels of God. In the case of the nations, the fallen angels. This is how history had taken shape. Like the most recent example is the birth of Islam, where this there there is you know the Persian uh, Empire on one side and the Greek Empire on the other, and Muhammad you know the, he's part of a and the Arabs they're an oral culture. They don't even have writing, and they live in the desert. And the only way they control where they live is by having a monopoly on the camel trade. You can't get to the heart of the desert without camels. So they try to control <laughs> all the camels as much as possible. Like this, <clears throat> They're safe. No one can get to them. And then suddenly one of them, Muhammad, he's saying, look, I'm downloading this information. It's, he calls it the recitation. That's what Quran means because he recites it as it comes. And after his death, uh, his followers, four of them who had memorized it, 
you know, adopt an alphabet and put it in writing, and that becomes the first written document of the Arab world, and becomes the basis of a worldview, and energizes them to arise within a hundred years, take over the Greek and Persian empires, and form what's the Islamic world till today. This is the latest example of this phenomenon of information download and the birth of civilization as closest to where we stand. Yeah, but you're a smart dude, man. You're a smart dude. <laughs> God is great. When we go back in time, all of the civilizations, you know, started the same way. So whether it's, you know, Moses going up on a hill or, and getting uh, all these commandments from God and the Hebrew civilization is born and those laws are woven into the fabric of our culture to this very day. Or whether it's, you know, God entering the line of David as a man and then speaking like Jesus and then his words change the Roman Empire. The, the Roman Empire is never the same after, you know, his teachings come. But no matter how far back you go in history, it's the same story. Whether it's the Vedic gods of India and the birth of, of the Hindu civilization, whether it's the code of Hammurabi, the great king of Babylon, who received word from Apollo or from Shams, that's how they call them, the sun god, Shams. And you look at the code of Hammurabi where you see this huge guy who is the, the sun god, Shams, giving a scroll to a man standing in front of him who is the king. Hammurabi, and underneath uh, this this image, you know, there's two of them left. There's the code and the laws, and those laws, many of them, we still use in our culture. The code of Hammurabi has affected English, you know, Commonwealth law, which is the basis of American law. So this this is still with us, and um, I realized, wait, this is not myth. So not only did God give instructions to the Hebrews. But these other beings gave instructions, and this is how civilization was formed. They chose kings, yes, and they yes, had offspring. This is just telling you, man. This is that's that's a cool thing you're talking about, man. I like this. It's very and interesting. This is how the world started, and and they gave these bodies of knowledge, and this is what it says in the in the writings of the people of of that place of Mesopotamia in their cuneiform tablets. When archaeologists started to dig. Iraq, which is, you know, the cradle of human civilization, they thought they would never find the older cities mentioned in the Bible. They were just, you know, myth. Um, but they did, and they found them where the Bible said they would be. Um, and, and no matter how back in time they went, um, until they got to the first city, Eridu, which they dated to, you know, 4000 BC, um, no matter how far back they went, what they found was civilization. They found temples and pillars and, and the knowledge of religion and mathematics and bodies of knowledge that are the basis of civilization, medicine, writing. And they're like, this is impossible. How could it be? Where is the beginning? Where are the stepping stones to all of this? And why is it that the cities in the south, which were more older, were more advanced than the cities in the north? In fact, the north cities said that their knowledge of civilization had come from the south. So they finally consulted the libraries of these people to, to understand where they got this information from. And they said the gods gave it to them. Mm. And they listed all the different types of information they received. But they couldn't believe this because it was like, what, who, what, who are these gods and what does that even mean? And, and so they, they, were, they didn't know how to digest it. And let me just get this magazine here because no it's right here. 
Well, I has gone. I, I understand what he's talking about now. Exactly. Like it, it started, like I was at first, I was like trying to, trying to put where he's trying to say, and then boom, I was like, okay, so it's like every nation started is because they're, they're, they're like, he's the, the different names for different gods are, are the same. And, 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 they, and it just went out. I understand that's, that's, this I, be- I believe like, uh, before you, before you get into that, I believe that that's probably what he enticed the fallen angels with. Don't worry. Uh, I will make you like gods, you know, and you're going to be worshipped. And, you know, maybe, you know, just like well, there's America, a prince of Greece, there's a prince of Persia, there's a prince of. Well, just like America, nation, you know, each nation, those are the gods, the, like the fallen angels, but those are the gods of their, like you're saying, like, like the Incans and the Mayans, maybe they had a form of, 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 of that type of God that came to them as well. And, and it taught, taught them their 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 civilization ways like 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 their the fire medicine the plants shields uh, yeah war war all that the but they give you some they give you they come as like an angel of light though they tell you like they give you all these good things but then they start telling you the stuff there's so many destroy, stories of that even destroy in the, humans native but American the Native American uh, 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 stories there's stories of that same thing star people coming down having sex with their, with their, with their, uh, their people and have, and, and, and mingling with them, their people. And it's like, man, okay, well, there's a story like that in every single, uh, uh, culture. You guys, you gotta understand that that's, it's, yeah. And, and the Bible is very, very accurate. Like you said, you go to, you go to anywhere. Why, how do you think that Rockefeller made his money? Because you read the Bible and he found oil. He found, he found places where there were in the Bible. It says there, there's oil and he's okay. Well, <laughs> that proves oh, it. I didn't know that. You're, you're, I didn't know that either. That's interesting. What's that's up? Interesting. I said that's interesting. Yeah, it I didn't is. know that either. I think yeah, I yeah. might have heard you say that. Yeah, and you're, and you're right, Josh. I think that probably Satan, you know, says I'm going to give you a piece of the kingdom, the way that the Lord is going to give us authority because He's the King. Um, it, the Native Americans definitely. You're right. The Sky People that came down, they have the same story. All the civilizations attribute their genesis to the gods this is how everyone says everything you know the kickstarter civilization including the hebrews which is in the bible and as i was thinking well how is this possible um the um like is there a verse in the bible that ties it all together and there was a, a bible scholar that i used to follow i met him a few times i interviewed him for my documentary at a chuck uh, missler private, chuck missler yeah, yeah. so Chuck used to say when he would talk about the sons of God, you know, who created the Nephilim, he would say, he would go through the passages in Job and in Genesis with the term sons of God. Sons of God, God, yep. They rejoice, yep. And in Daniel, you have watchers. Um, And then he would say, you know, but there's one more place place in the Bible where the term sons of God appears. And that is in the Septuagint. You have to read it in the Greek translation of the Old Testament done about 300 years before the time of Christ, the Greek translation. It's a very important and, and authoritative, actually, translation, you know, the, the Septuagint. It's a good one. And you have to read it there. And there, when you read it, in Deuteronomy 32, verse 8 and 9, it says, When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. So when God divided the nations and, and set their boundaries, he did so according to a number of the sons of God. But the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is a lot of heritage. And I was like, wow, I went and looked up the Septuagint as this idea came to my mind. And I realized there it is. 
Chuck is right. That's what it says. Now, with this new understanding I had that the word Elohim the, the, the meant not only God, but also angels, because it also applied to the fallen angels that were behind the nations. Now, this verse became very important to me because it told me that there was a spiritual division in the world, that God had given the nations into the hands of the sons of God, and he had chosen Jacob for himself. And I thought, wow, now this brings a lot of things into focus. Um, now I see Daniel chapter 10, like you're mentioning, why, there, there, why are they these principalities behind the Persian and Greek kingdoms? Oh, because this is how the world was divided by God. Oh, why is it that Satan says to Jesus, uh, dominion have all these kingdoms. given to me over yeah. all the kingdoms of the earth, and I'll yeah. give them to you wherever I will. Now that verse made sense to me, because in all of our Bibles, the, which were based on the Masoretic text, which is a thousand-year-old Hebrew text, it says that when God divided the nations, he did so according to the number of the sons of Israel, which, you know, maybe there's a meaning to that, um, but definitely this other version, you know, that was in the Septuagint um, brought my research into focus. Now I understood that there was a biblical uh, explanation about the division of the human race spiritually, that everyone was given into the hands of these guys and Jacob chosen for God. This is how spiritually things are divided. And this really started with the discovery of Zeus and the altar and that actually led down the road and this was the end of it. And so the documentary was released in 2006, so I have it right here, I went, um, there, was a, there was a store that, that opened up near my uh, studio um, that sold magazines only. So I went in to check it out and suddenly I saw this magazine which was Biblical Archaeology and I thought, oh, I'll buy that, it's up my alley. And the, and the second I took it out, this was what was on it, Satan's Throne. Wow, that's an interesting. This <laughs> was uh, a piece of the altar of Pergamum, the altar of Zeus, which is what God had used to take us into this revelation. And I went home immediately and I read it. Um, it was an interview with Adela Collins, who was a, uh, a theologian from Yale Theological Seminary. And then in there, she says, when the Most High gave each nation its heritage, declares Deuteronomy 32, verse 8, when he divided all mankind, he laid down the boundaries for peoples according to the sons of Israel. A Dead Sea Scroll fragment containing this verse, however, however, has the phrase sons of God instead of sons of Israel. The Dead Sea Scroll fragment apparently retains a more original form of the text. The Septuagint, the 3rd to 2nd century BCE translation of the Hebrew Bible into Greek also has sons of God. Uh, the early church father, Justin Martyr, who apparently used the text that preserved sons of God, believed that these sons of God were angels to whom God entrusted the care of human beings. So basically, she says that not only does the Septuagint say, look, the nations were divided according to the number of the sons of God, but the oldest Hebrew copy of the book of Deuteronomy that we have found in these caves in Israel also says that. And now I, I could see that the oldest Hebrew copy and the oldest Greek copy of the Old Testament said the same thing. And that put a lot of weight and it comforted me because in 2006, when we released this documentary, 
no one was talking about these about the gods this was this was a very, that's why i called it ufos angels and gods because it was the word elohim this was a breakthrough understanding that god in the bible was presented as the leader of a horde of beings and that these beings actually were given the nations and that god had chosen jacob that this was the spiritual division of reality and then when i would look into the writings of the various nations to learn about the relationship between them and their gods and which who i now understood to be the fallen angels i realized that a lot of information was passed along which kick-started civilization and this was okay with me because already i had seen that in the book of enoch which is quoted by jude in the new testament uh -huh. There are angels before the flood that passed down knowledge to the human race and perverted the human race through the knowledge they passed down. And the knowledge they passed down is uh, what we would call science today, basically. So I already could see that this was in line with something that I had already understood to be true. And now I could see how is it that Satan, you know, would deceive entire nations. So the fallen angels actually create worldview for entire civilizations to live under by declaring religion and having their own priests and so-called prophets and all of that. And also, I noticed that often in the writings about these gods, they, they could fly, like the angels of the Bible. Uh, they had mastery of the air. In, in the Hindu pantheon, um, they actually their, their flying vehicles has, has a name, Vimana. That's what they're called. Like in the Bible, it says Rechev, these vehicles, chariots, in, in, in the Sanskrit, the Vimana. And today, in modern-day Hindi, that is the word for aeroplane, the word Vimana. So you can see that you know, <laughs> when aeroplanes were invented, yeah. they're like, what word can we use you know, from our <laughs> language? Oh, it's their Vimanas of the humans, right? So we're of the world of God and angels. Naturally, we're going to start to do the things of the world of God and angels, right? That's why they can communicate this knowledge to us. We, we can receive it, right? So we were, the idea that you know, we're now exploring with our rockets and the breaking of Adam. And so I could now see a landscape. The story was unfolding before my eyes as I was trying to solve the UFO mystery. So the, this, first of all, the UFOs were the manifestation of the reality of angels. Second, the angels were divided into two, the good and bad, the fallen and the righteous. And the fallen angels were made gods or were declared themselves gods over the nations. They posed as gods to our ancestors. And God then freed people from this bondage through the Passover lamb. When he sent the word of his son to the nations and the Holy Spirit went out, it reclaimed the nations and the world order changed. And suddenly we saw that the dominion of these beings collapsed over the world. And the Holy Spirit went and the inauguration period started. But then at the end of this age, there is going to be climactic events that are going to lead this age of history into the next. The age of empire is going to give birth to the kingdom of Christ. So we're going to, it's like a child coming out of, you know, uh, um, a mother. We're going to actually literally move from this stage of history into a whole other new stage of history where God promises us a utopia, basically. And now this part of history really was, was the focus of my research because the UFO phenomenon took off in 1947. That's really when it started in mass with Kenneth Arnold. 
um, and other sightings in 1947 and, and 1948. Those were the two years that cemented it. That's when our, our technology flourished too. So it seems like, uh, you know, once that happened, uh, if you want to talk about it, like fallen angels and other cultures, what did they, what did they do to America, you know? And uh, what they did is, you know, not just America. I mean, that's the, the whole world is getting this type of technology, but the technology between 1947 and 2022 is insane compared to 1947 back, it's right? Totally insane, right? Yeah. Totally insane. <clears throat> like the days of Noah, where suddenly there was all this information infused into the culture um we may be getting the same type of infusion uh you're, you're totally right because jesus said that the day, the end of the age would be like the days of noah so uh, the ufo phenomenon appears and um knowledge increases tremendously um i was just thinking book of daniel talks person. about that too book of daniel says knowledge will increase right so that's, that's yeah it does chapter yeah. 12 yep um and the and also that also implies knowledge of scripture not just technology because right before it, it says that there is something that daniel received as a vision he wrote down that god says seal the book until the latter time and the the time of the end the latter days uh in hebrew so so it's as though some spiritual book was sealed for the end times and now the holy spirit is opening that for us and we're seeing so much new things into the old bible you know that's been there um god is giving us vision so the the whole thing with with, with you know i was just thinking you're, you're in southern california jack parsons yes uh, the devil's gate and <laughs> jpl the, yeah and jpl I, and then hubbard uh and elon hubbard and, yeah. and alistair crawley and these guys who are at the basis of rocket fuel, you know, what allows rockets to go up was created by Jack Parsons in part. And, and these guys did these occult rituals in 1946. They were summoning, the, you know, the Babylon workings, they called it. They were summoning. Antichrist. Some right? But Bab means gate. That's what the name, you know, Bab, it means gate, like Babylonian. Like a portal almost, yeah. right? Yeah, like okay. a portal. So some people feel that the reason the ufo phenomenon began and and you know kenneth arnold sighting was over the cascade mountains where mount shasta is which is also a huge you know spiritual occult center um maybe these guys opened the gate and that's what brought it in that's one one theory you know uh, parsons said that the idea for the rocket fuel came to him during those rituals uh as you were saying you know this idea of technology and so the, the space program always has this marking of the names of the gods, whether it's the Apollo mission. Yeah. Or now we have the <laughs> Artemis Accord. Yeah. And and the first thing ever sent in the space, Sputnik, for the Soviet Union, they it was sent, I, I checked the date, uh, and it was sent on the Day of Atonement in the Hebrew biblical calendar. And the Day of Atonement is also the Day of Judgment, right? as though like Nimrod, who reaches into the heavens, and then he's judged. So, so there is something occultish about the space program for sure and the, of the planets you know the planets are named according uh, to the name of the gods okay uh, you know suddenly you know, this great occultist happens to be the father of rocket fuel um and 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 all the missions are named by these greek gods and so when the bible tells us who these guys really are and it gives you a kind of a second look into into this part of the story, the human part of, of this story. Why are we suddenly, like you're saying, have this huge leap forward and reaching into the heavens 
well, are we getting ready for the war of angels and the second coming? Is that what they're trying to do to us? Are they giving us the technology to prepare us for the battle of Armageddon? Once we kind of understand that this is the world of angels, that the second coming is going to happen in this type of clothing, we don't really want to get ahead of ourselves and think we figured out exactly what the inside of these things looks like because we no. don't. It's mysterious. But all I'm saying is that the Bible talks about the reality of these things and we see them in our world. And we can connect these two dots together and say, well, look, where this whole phenomenon is going is going to the second coming. That's where the UFO phenomenon is going. Um, so, so this connection between the gods and their flying you know, vehicles um, and their dominion over the nations gave me kind of an arch that said, okay, so after the flood, these guys were given authority over the nations, they ruled, they appeared in this way to people, and then come the time of Christ, the Holy Spirit came and pushed all of this back, but then we're having a resurgence in 1947 because an important sign is given on the earth the same way that this sign appears in the heavens, and that is the sign of Israel. And and this is controversial to some people, but to me, it's very simple. There, there is this, prophetically, the Jewish people are going to return to this land to form a national presence. And this is part of what kickstarts the birth pang years, the last section of this age of history leading to the second coming, because the vision of the prophets of Israel, when they speak of the world leading to the second coming, they paint the picture of Israel existing as a country and having all of this contention and these wars and Jerusalem being a place of contention and Jerusalem becomes part of Israel's uh, part of the Jewish Commonwealth in 1967 yep and you've got um during this kind of miraculous war that, that you know and and then you have um um the, the temple mount which is going to ultimately be where the focus of, of the contention is the kind of the land, but then Jerusalem, but then the Temple Mount. So all of these things are falling into place on the earth. But when did Israel become a nation? 1947. That is the year the United Nations declares Israel. So on the same year that, that the sign of the nation was given on the earth, the sign of these things appeared in the heavens, declaring that we had entered into this final stretch of history. And in this age of history, these guys are putting on a new mask. No longer are they the gods of the ancient world. Now they are modern day gods or friendly aliens yep. come to rescue us from our other wolves. from from other galaxies and others, you know, like it's it's like that's that's how you know the new age would probably sell, you know, sell this yeah, uh, package deal, you know. But our concept of the creation has been altered. We don't see ourselves as being in the heavens and on the earth. Because in the Bible, the word heavens can mean the sky you know, where the birds fly, yep. that word in the Bible is Shamayim, which is the word that's translated as heavens into, into English. It can mean where the sun, moon, and stars are located. Yeah, I've that said that before. Heaven. And then above, or and above then, the firmament, right? Or where God's stone there is. is. There's the third heaven, which is where God is, the temple, in which the Messiah ascends to. It says in the book of Hebrew, he ascends into the temple of God, the temple of the heart of time and space. That's called the third heaven. The second heaven is the universe, and the first heaven is the sky. These are the three heavens of the Bible. And so this word heavens is plural because it's a translation of the word Shemaim of Hebrew, which is plural, which is because there's three of them. But then starting with Galileo 
and Newton, the world is reinvented for us. We're no longer in the heavens, we're in the universe. And we are, um, what's the universe? Well, we're gonna define it. We're gonna figure it out ourselves. It's a bunch of gases, it's rocks, it's this and that. Okay, so, ne so now in this altered view of where we are, which is the universe, now we see in the age of enlightenment in the 18th century, these European philosophers that push back the knowledge of church and the Bible, and they start to reimagine the human condition according to the image of their own thoughts. And they tell us that there is no God, uh, you know, atheism, materialism, and Darwin's hypothesis becomes their creation myth. So, so now they're telling us that we evolved here, and then people naturally take this idea and they extended into the universe and they go oh these beings evolved elsewhere like we evolved here so it's all made up it's all just made up by the human <laughs> mind yeah and 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 now we have the idea of alien the concept of an alien is born but if all of this is faulty thinking that we are not in the universe we're in the heavens like the bible says and this is the host of the heavens and we the host of the earth and that changes everything right so when you kind of re put back the biblical lens on your eyes, you now see, first of all, what's going on. And then once you, know, you can decipher the relationship between the gods and the fallen angels, then an arch of history appears before you where they have always been here. It's not a new thing. It's an ancient presence. And that's why they have bases in the ground. And they are just doing a rebrand because they're getting ready for an ultimate deception. Yeah, and cosmic, that deception, cosmic deception, yeah. yeah. Cosmic deception has to do with the second coming. And that, that was kind of the heart of where our documentary was taking the story, which was the second coming of the Lord will be presented as an alien invasion by these guys, by the one that gave us religion, you know, the one that we should hate. They reversed reality and they gather the kings of the earth to war. And I think that's why they're giving us the technology because they're preparing for that. They want to prolong the age of empire. Um, and of course, uh, when you look into the modern day uh, UFO phenomenon, the heart of it is the creation of hybrids. And that brought to life the concept of the Nephilim in the Bible and the giants of old. And it really marked the modern day UFO phenomenon as the reemergence of, of, of the sons of God of the days of Noah that led to the flood. So these these were not the good guys. These were the bad guys. The the ones that are carrying out the abductions and creating hybrids are the bad guys. They're demonic forces. Um, you look at uh, let's say First Corinthians um, chapter ten verse twenty. Paul says that the gods of of Greeks were devils and demons. He says, "I won't have you worship the, and uh, and sacrifice at the table of devil, devils." because these are not gods, these are devils. And he's quoting Deuteronomy 32, where Moses makes the same statement about the gods of Egypt. So, so this, this demonic presence behind the nations, uh, which is called the gods of the nations or the sons of God. And I think that the reason they have two names is because God refers to them as the sons of God. That's their official name. And they decided that they wanted to be worshiped as gods. And I think that name stuck in the Bible, God allowed it to stand, because that is the name that brings judgment over them. 
they have brought judgment over themselves by making themselves into idols and to objects of worship. And so that's why it says like in Exodus chapter 12, God will judge the gods of Egypt. He says, you know, when I come tonight, I'm going to judge the Elohim HaMetzchaim. And the word Elohim is plural, which means one of the, it's one of the names for God. But in, in the thinking of rabbis, and they have thought about this uh, also long, for a long time, the names of God, is that the word Elohim is the term that represents God as the ruler of authorities. Uh-huh. And because <clears throat> authorities are plural, there's angelic authorities and human authorities. Therefore, he's the plural is used for him because he's the leader of all of these systems of authorities. And the word Elohim, which is then extended to these beings, the sons of God, Bene Ha Elohim. The reason, and we are soils, that word Adam is the son of Elohim. It says that in the Bible, the Ben Elohim. And and the Lord quoted Psalm 82, verse 6, and he said, Have you, you know, he, they accused him of, of claiming that he was God. He said, But look, doesn't the scripture say that you are Elohim? you receive the scriptures how much more i who came from heaven itself yeah so the word elohim is applied to to these angels and to us and to god because it seems that we are all part of the of the governance system of the universe and that's why this word is applied to us and yet god is the leader of all the all the systems of authority but one third of the sons of god have rebelled it seems and they created the giants of old they chose kings and they created worldview for humans. And they're continuing to do this in the guise of the UFO phenomenon in preparation of deceiving the earth against the second coming of the Lord. So once I saw the whole track and, and the relationship between the modern day UFO, uh, modern day hybrids um, and ancient hybrids and these prophecies in the book of Daniel that there would be 10 kings at the end of the age that would be born of a commingling of seeds, and that's in Daniel 2, or this idea that Eve uh, and, and Satan, you know, at the judgment, God says, I'll put animosity between the seed of the servant and the seed of the woman. And the seed of the serpent, you know, we could take it now literally because there seems to have been hybrids. And one of the gentlemen that, you know, when I was researching this, this was in 1996, 1997, where a lot of the concepts were falling into place. Um, he mentioned the parable of wheat and tares, and I thought that was interesting. You know, the parable of wheat and tares, because it says where God planted his seed in the garden and the devil came and planted his seed. So the seed that the devil planted wasn't just corrupting the earth with knowledge, but also with their bloodlines. And it seems that they have bloodlines. So, so suddenly the wheat and tares, tying that into the story of the Nephilim, it seems that their final judgment comes at the end of this age. So they, they have been integrated into the human genome, um, and, and a lot of them have been killed, the giants of old, by you know David and, and the Hebrews and all that. Some of them may have scattered and escaped and come to North America, as some suggest. Um, but ultimately, they have been ming- you know, they've entered us as well. Who knows how many of us have these genes? That's why we need a new body, you know. Ultimately, all of this thing is coming to a head in the events of the second coming. So the fact that we're seeing the reemergence of hybrids on this planet, the fact that these guys appear in the heavens in 1947, the fact that Israel shows up on in the Middle East as a nation 
and Jerusalem becomes part of the Jewish Commonwealth. All of these things were telegraphing to my consciousness that we have entered the final age of history and that there is a way to tie these things together, which is what we did in the documentary, and people can watch it on thinkagainproductions.com. It's free, but you can leave a donation at the end, at the bottom, if you wish. Um, and uh, and there are other things that I, I, I do that I can share with, with, with your audience. Um, but that, so that was a really, really interesting uh, to, to think that this sighting in Iran, you know, would open the door to all <laughs> this. This is a lot, to it's a lot to unfold, you know, and, and if you guys, you know, if you guys understand, we, we had a, you know, we had a, a secret, uh, what is it called? The Illuminati secret destiny of America episode. We're talking about Osiris and then like ISIS's belly, like being the capital, like behind America, obviously they have, they have bales, uh, you know, his, his phallus right there on the Washington Monument. So, and then also you have it in London and also you have it in, um, you know, all these different, you know, in Egypt and in, in the Vatican. Uh, I wonder who, who which uh, fallen angel or, or, or if it's the devil that's, that's behind the Vatican, you know, that's another thing we had, you know, so. Oh, yeah. You can the kind of see of it. Heaven has a lot to do in the Vatican. Yeah, with the Mary, but they're trying to, you know, so it's just, it's interesting, man. Uh, all interesting stuff. Um, we could probably end on that note and uh, we'll try to have you on next week if you're available. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. We, we could do the same time and uh, we'll have some more questions for you. Awesome. I think. Good, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it it started out like very interesting, and then it just got like super interesting. It just it's like it was, uh, it was just like yeah, uh, yeah, our episode yeah. of Ryan Peterson. Same did. thing. I was, I was can, I just, uh, can I just say one thing uh, for yes, sir. Jason was uh, talking about okay, the gods and the mass. So basically, it, this is it seems the way what, the way it happened is that in Mesopotamia, the first civilization, these guys took on names. And some of these names they really like, like the Queen of Heaven, Inanna. It's a name she took back then. God refers to her as that in the book of Jeremiah. And she continues to promote herself under that name, even though she's had many other names um, in, in, in other civilizations. So there seems to be 12 of them that are at the leadership. And they, they're very raw, and we can see them in Mesopotamia. But then as they move from one civilization to the other, they change their names, but they keep their symbols like like the thunderbolt or the trident or the moon or the sun. And um, they, they continue simply to be the same identity, but under a different name or a different culture. So it's the same guys that seem to be moving from culture to culture. They, they have a place in the pantheon, you know, um, some of it is 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 decipherable you can look at it and go wow this is a real story but then people of various countries do create myths about these beings so it has a kernel of truth of who they really are yeah. uh, they put on a new name and a new mask but it's the same you know entity um, and then the principalities the two that are mentioned the prince of persia and the prince of greece i'm going to be writing a, a book about that god willing the three princes, uh, that's, that's going to be a lot of new information. Um, so, by the way, if people want to uh, come to my patron account, I'm putting up an audio series on the book of Revelation, a chapter by chapter. It's a really good series. Like I'm edified by, you know, reading and researching it. Uh, I think that people will be edified by hearing it. It's the only book of the Bible that promised a, pro a, a blessing to the hearer 
um, uh, and the reader. So it's, uh, you know, it's let's get blessed. So you come to my Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash thinking and productions. Um, you can, you know, sign up and support me in any amount that you want, depending on how God has blessed you and then have access to all the information uh, that's on that page. And I look forward to, to our show next week. God <laughs> me, yeah. me too. Seriously. So, all right, we're going to end this in prayer. So, uh, father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for the clear connection. Thank you so much for introducing us to Ali, uh, you know, and by their fruits, also uh, their podcast. I really appreciate you, Lord. Uh, please, if you could, uh, you know, protect us against these principalities of evil. Uh, we know that fallen angels, demons, devils are real, but we know that you win in the end, Lord. So any of this cosmic deception that they're trying to pull over our eyes, Lord, please just make it so that we could see, like, like Elijah was saying to uh, Alicia, um, you know, make it so that we could see any type of deception that they're trying to bring on us, Lord, please. Uh, so that way we're not fooled or, or worshiping the wrong Christ. Uh, thank you so much, Lord, for everything you do. We appreciate you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Ali. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, you, let, let me know. Just email me or, or I mean, I'll shoot I you my number, whatever you want to do, and, and we'll work it out, okay? I'll send you a quick email. I'll just talk to my wife and send you I just want to know what time we're leaving. They could live in a different town. Okay. Um, and as far as next, what could we talk about? Because we covered a lot of information. Uh, think about, I'd say two things. One is think about something that you think you want to dig deeper into of all okay. these topics. Okay. And we could then, whether it's the hybrids, whether it's the gods, whether it's the chariots, whatever you want, whether it's the modern UFO phenomenon, biblical things, we can dig deeper into it, the age of empire. And the, or we could just actually just have a conversation. Now that people have digested all this information, we can just have more of a slow motion, more of a conversation about it, uh, you know, as a way of helping people digest this information. Um, and one thing I like to do is I like to always focus the mind and we didn't do too much of that today, but I keep telling myself to do that, which is <laughs> focus the mind towards the glorious, uh, good stuff in the Bible that God is in control. We shouldn't be afraid. Uh, he's in control of evil. He's in control of these guys. His forces are greater. And we are actually moving towards a stage of history that's going to lead to a much better future you know, for believers and for the earth as a whole. Uh, and so this is really a time to commit yourself to the Lord. Perhaps one thing we could talk about if you're interested next week is the rise of the Antichrist and the final world empire and how that ties into all of this information. That's, uh, that'll be perfect. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay. Everybody so that's listening, good. please subscribe. Please check out uh, his website that we mentioned. Sure. Uh, check out his documentary, uh, comment, uh, hit the like button and also hit the bell. That way you can get uh, notifications on all of our shows. God bless you guys. And thank you so much for listening.